Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. something else today that was just as embarrassing and humiliating to the Dallas Cowboys in this shameful season. And that is the fact that the Dallas Cowboys, who networks usually fight over to get on as many times as they possibly can, were flexed out of the Sunday night spot against the San Francisco 49ers in favor of the Cleveland Browns. Tell me the last time the Mm. Cleveland Browns have taken the Sunday night (laughs) slot of the Dallas Cowboys America's team, that right there, typifies the season and tells you how low that team has fallen this season. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. Cowboys back in action this weekend, this Sunday at noon, against the Cincinnati Bungles. Two, nine, and one Cincinnati, three, and nine Dallas The battle for the bottom continues. Both fan bases kind of rooting for the draft pick at this point in the season. Both the teams playing for jobs at this point in the season. So, who will come out on top at the end? We're talking all of that on the About Them Cowboys today. I'm Kent Garrison, producing as always. Excited to welcome in our panel. Jalen's going to talk a little bit about effort. And, of course, that Bengals preview is all coming at you in this episode. But now, it's time to welcome in. The best of the best when it comes to covering America's team. First, Dallas Stars beat writer Saad Youssef before he hits the ice. And Saad, you sure it's not too late to uh, try out for the Stars? Have you inquired there? I know that you're the beat writer. You probably have that in. <laughs> I actually don't know if I could even make it uh, half of the half of the length without falling flat on my face. So I don't think, I think that would that work would, well. That would make a good story. I mean, <laughs> you're not going to do it for journalism? Cool. I'll let your yeah. uh, supervisor <laughs> or no immediately. Uh, but yeah, Sod's going to be here as much as possible going forward. And of course, John Mashoda, the father, will always be here as well as KT Kevin Turner from the Mighty Eagle. Guys, lots to talk about. We'll get to the bingo stuff a little bit later, but uh, KT, where should we start? Uh, I stole one of John Mashoda's bits and I just tweeted out, do you want the Cowboys to win Sunday? With the options yes, no, and don't care. So at the end of the podcast, <laughs> we'll find out what the uh, we'll find out what the results are. Yeah. At least on the KT Fun Tweets account. Oh, let me get this retweeted um, here. <laughs> so I was uh, I was uh, putting together a game show for my for my day job um, on my radio show in the Eagle, the Ben and Skin Show, and uh, I came up with an, a very insensitive game show called COVID or Novid. And I had um, Cheeto on the list uh, as a Novid, and now I've got to change it to COVID because the Cowboys have moved Cheeto to the COVID list with a positive test. I, and it's just a it's just a matter of time, right, guys? Because uh, after all, they did play the Ravens. Just a big circle of infection. Uh, I'm, I'm really not surprised. Do you think we'll see any more? I hope not, but do you think we'll see any more besides just Cheeto? 
I mean, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, this is kind of crazy where this even came from because, but that's just how this has kind of gone. I, I mean, they've just been kind of random. I don't know. It's hard to pro project. Uh, I, I will say this earlier in the year, there was a lot of speculation. I know we talked about it briefly on this show, but a lot of other reporters, we had talked about, well, what if the wheels just completely fall off this season? You know, how committed will the guys be to these protocols of, uh, you know, when the season's basically lost now, um, I believe that they, it, it affects their contracts, you know, if, if they're canceling games and stuff like that, I think they need to play all 16 games for, I don't know. I don't know that, I don't know all the details on it, but I know that the NFL has ways of preventing that from happening so that you just don't have some team like, ah, we don't even care. 20 guys are on the COVID list. We don't need to play any more games. Like they're there. I believe that there are plan. They have something in place so that that doesn't happen. But I was kind of wondering if that would, as it starts going down, you know, this road, but it's like you come into the season, you're thinking, okay, you're going to see Cheeto, Anthony Brown, Trayvon Diggs. Like nobody thought that that was going to be like the best cornerback tandem in the league, but you at least thought, Hey, this could be, this could be pretty good. You know, they're going to change up the defense, be more multiple, more chance for takeaways. And we just never get to see all these guys out on the field together at the same time. And, you know, this is just the latest one here. Yeah, and I think also, you know, th this this hurts Cheeto as well because, you know, this is not a guy who has who has a 2021 roster spot anywhere locked up. So he he needs to get as much game tape as possible and what better way to do that than against, you know, your next two opponents that are coming up, both both who have, you know, severe quarterback problems without their starters. So, I think, you know, I, I you know, I I'm with John. Like I don't think this was anything you know, just done loosely and things like that. But it, it does suck for Cheeto and it sucks for the Cowboys too. But, you know, the Cowboys defense is so awful. I don't know how much of a difference Cheeto actually makes, but uh, I think it sucks more for him on a personal level. Yeah. And I, I mean, for me, Cheeto was a guy I was looking forward to evaluating in this last month um, because gut was, you know, without being hurt, would get opportunities to play, especially with Trevon Diggs being out. And I just thought he was a guy who you would consider bringing back on a either reset his market type thing or a, or maybe like an Anthony Brown contract, a guy, you know, a guy who's been in the system. Um, well, the system's changed, I guess, but a guy, you know, a guy you drafted and a guy who's somewhat been productive, but he hasn't played like you would want a second rounder to play. You would ask for more out of your second rounder there, but you could still see where there could be something in the tank with his athleticism and his size. I mean, I don't know if that's, he's not the, the most athletic guy, but his size. And I, I think I think we start to get to this point of, okay, well, i got to write you off, and now I need another cornerback. Yeah, Jordan Lewis, I thought Jordan Lewis played pretty well the other night against Baltimore. Came up and made a couple of plays in the run game. But how many times have we said that about Jordan Lewis? When he's asked to play a lot, you find more often than not that he's kind of getting picked on. So I, I and or looking lost and he's grabbing and it just feels like instead of evaluating some of these guys who you would consider your own who you've drafted you might want to keep and who also who would be cheap moving forward it's sad to me that we're now like well I'm probably just gonna have to write you off because you either haven't been available you've been hurt or you haven't played good enough quite frankly and it's just kind of a kind of a bummer that's a, look like it or not like. The Cowboys are going to have to go heavy on the draft on defense, of course. We all know that. Like, It'd be nice to not need to draft three cornerbacks, but they might have to. Um, but just, if some player 
can really stand out and make you go, man, I really think they can help. I really want them going forward. And that's just one less position or one less thing that you really got to go get in the draft when you are going to have to going to have to go that way. Well, I don't think anybody should be surprised if they do. I mean, they yeah. obviously if they lose this game, they're still in play for the third overall pick. And I know this is going to sound weird to say, but even if they try hard, I still think they're going to they are they tried to lose. I still think they win this game. I mean, Cincinnati is just in such bad shape that uh, I think the only way Dallas has a chance of losing this game is that you'd have to see just massive give up on both sides of the ball where it just seems like guys aren't interested. And really, we haven't seen that on the offensive side. It's just been on the defensive side. And then the offensive side, you have Andy Dalton. He's making his return to Cincinnati. Andy Dalton's going to want to win this game. I mean, he he said today on, on, on his conference call with with reporters that, you know, he, he's he didn't like the way things ended in Cincinnati. He loved his time in Cincinnati. He didn't like the way that that they ended, you know, and uh I'm sure he wants to play very well against them. And obviously they have their skill position players are still going to be out there. So I'm not expecting them to lose that game. And recently uh, this past week, Dane Brugler had an article up uh, at the athletic and it's an NFL draft predictions article. It's with Ethan Douglas and, and Dane. And they have the Cowboys at a 20% chance of getting a top three pick. Okay. Now this is over project- projecting what the rest of the schedule will be. They have them at 56.3% of getting top five and the most likely scenario is that they pick fifth. And if they pick fifth KT, I think that, and they can't trade out. Let's make that, let's factor that in. If they couldn't trade out, I I just feel like Patrick Sertan and the Caleb Farley probably make about as much sense as anybody there. Would that be fair to say? No, no, I I think you're all over it. I, I know this team loves linebackers. So maybe the Penn state linebacker, Micah Parsons, maybe, Maybe comes into play there. Um, you know, I'm going to be interested to see what happens once these teams. I mean, we're still filtering through. I mean, you have so many guys that opted out, and some teams may be leery of, you know, tracking down what these guys who opted out, what were they doing in 2020 when they weren't playing college football. Um, and also, you're going to have situations where there are some names like J.C. Horn is a South Carolina cornerback. No one's talking about in that area, but maybe he puts together. You know, a good bowl game and a good good draft process. And people are still filtering through tape on some of these guys. Um, uh, I look at um, Asante Samuel's not going to go that high. He's too small. But there are some names at cornerback. Eric Stokes from Georgia has had a really good Eric, year. Let me put you on the spot. Let me put you on the spot. Yeah. Was, was there anybody from last year's draft at the cornerback position that will say last year at this time you didn't expect them to go as high as they did or have the success that they've had because I feel like even last year at this time we knew the Trayvon Diggs, we knew Jeffrey Okuda. Uh, yeah, what was the kid from uh, Clemson? AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell. He's, he's had a really good year for uh, Atlanta. I feel like a lot of those guys we had, we we knew at least something about. I would say for me, the Henderson. Bi- yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. That's a good one. Who's yeah. really impressed is um, Jalen Johnson and. Um, Chicago. Chicago, yeah. yeah. That guy's he's played really well at, at cornerback. I guess what I meant is like, is there anybody that you can remember from last year's class that was like to me, like at safety, like Kyle Duggar really came on like as, after the season. You started leading up to senior bowl, stuff like that, and then there he goes, second round goes go you know, goes to New England. Um, yeah. but I was just trying to think like, is there a corner that like completely came out of nowhere because you know he had a, a good you know, combine or had a good, you know, senior bowl or something, you know? 
Well, you know, and I'm glad you, uh, Jeremy Chin's another name in Carolina. He's having a, a good year in Chin as a guy who came on after the Senior Bowl. Right now, no. I mean, I'm, it's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's Farley, and that is going through again 2019 tape. Um, and I've watched some Virginia Tech 2019 stuff, and I see a good athlete. I see a good player, but again, you're grading on a curve here, man. We, I need top five production, top five. You know, I don't know if I've seen top five tape out of him, and I'm just, I'm just being. Do you real remember about, seeing? You know, I, don't, I don't know how much Akuda tape you watched last year, but did you see that? Nope. Yeah. Because see, I remember, I remember I talking Okuda. to the, I remember talking to Dane at the combine, and I was like, I was like, hey, who do you think the Lions will take if if they have to say at three? And he goes, I think they're going to take Akuda, and I was like, I just hate that because if I'm taking a corner at three, I'm hoping I'm getting Jalen Ramsey, and I just remember Dane being like, he might, he has those ty- that type of upside. I was like, man, I don't know about that, but I don't know. We'll see, you know, and obviously he yeah. hasn't had a good rookie season. So, I mean, who knows? It, it, you know, it's it's early on, but Trayvon Diggs, even though, you know, he's missed a lot of time, Trayvon Diggs still leads this team in interceptions. Trayvon Diggs still leads sure. this team in passes defense, you know? Uh, he had, he, I mean, he was on pace to have an excellent rookie season if it wasn't for the injury. So, and they got him in the second round, you know? No, no, absolutely. And, and look, I, I think... Uh, you know, Marshawn Lattimore is another name that you know went pretty high. He had some hamstring issues that made him go down a little bit. Uh, I don't know who knows. Cornerback, they may say, "Hey, that's deeper. We can get that later." Just like that was their philosophy in 2017, where they were like, "And and and I liked Jordan Lewis a lot coming out of the draft." I don't know if his confidence was shaken by not getting to play very much early on. Um, I don't know what happened there, but I, again, I, I also try to like not look at guys like. Jordan Lewis or Cheeto situation and compare them to guys in college because it's going to be a completely different situation. But I think the guys who do are making those draft picks, you can't help but think of the, the picks that you've made and learning and growing from it and taking that into account. Like, I think that's all important. There's no safety. You're not going to have a safety in the top five, top 10. Um, really, uh, there may not be a safety take until, you know, round three. There's not a lot of good safety prospects in this draft. Maybe the TCU kid, um, uh, Morig, maybe he comes around. <laughs> um, Trevon Morig, and we'll learn a little more about him as we get closer to the draft. I, this team, the way they fall in love with linebackers has always scared me. It feels like every single draft they are going to draft a linebacker. That's always made me nervous. Micah Parsons, I like, is a good prospect, but I just don't think you need to draft a linebacker in the top five. Hey, what about his tweet the other that. day? Do you see his tweet? Yeah, he was in the in the stadium, right? Uh, a little, uh, they had his eyes up at the at the big board as he took a stadium. They had his eyeballs. Well, I yeah. think that was from. Well, I don't know. I think Penn State played last year in the Cotton Bowl. I think that's what and that the was bowl, from. Yeah. The Cotton Bowl that's not at the Cotton Bowl. Right. Now, another thing uh, I'd like to get to, since we covered the Cheetos got COVID thing. So, Mike McCarthy, am I to believe that he had a uh, a big meeting with the team today? Did he gather the team and say, hey, guys, let's get it together? What happened? Yeah, he's like, guys, what about what about trying? How come we don't try anymore? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> yeah, I had a little had a little discussion about effort today. Yeah. Um, Oh. And, uh, you know, from our conversations with Ezekiel Elliott and uh, Jalen Smith, uh, they didn't get into any specifics like that if he was calling out any individual players or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, it was addressed. And I thought that I think that's very interesting that in these last couple of days, there's been a lot of talk of uh, effort, a lot of talk of, you know, accountability. And uh, while that sounds like 
that could be a good thing that it's being addressed. I think that it's also really disappointing that you're in December and you're still talking about something that for the most part you thought was behind you because of the fact that, you know, they made those moves the last time they had back-to-back games with questionable effort. You know, they traded Everson Griffin. They let go of Don Terry Poe. They let go of Daryl Worley. Like, are they about to pull this again? Are we about to see some young kids play? Like, I mean, that's what it'll get to, though. I mean, if you see more of, like, what they saw this past game, you know, there were some plays there, obviously, Xavier Woods. I mean, go back go back and watch Xavier yeah. Woods on the, on the J.K. Dobbins touchdown. It doesn't look good. I mean, I, the, the big takeaway yeah. there from people is, you know, oh, uh, you know, <laughs> You know, oh, did you hear Orlando Brown saying easy money, easy money? Go watch that playback and see how he pulls from left tackle and go ahead and see who he blocks in that play. I mean, he's blocking Xavier Woods, and it's not much of an effort there. There's some other players there that aren't giving a great effort. So what I'm saying is I don't know if he if Mike McCarthy stood in front of the team and actually showed individual plays. I don't know. From what I've gathered from this season, I don't believe he coaches that way. I believe he, he addresses things in front of the group. I'm more of a, a bigger scale and then when they break off in their position groups it's it's more of addressing those individual plays but this 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 can't be happening in in December and I feel like if we see more of that they're just going to move to playing more younger guys guys that are just going to be happy to be out there and and yeah they can get their doors blown off but I I just I, I don't think that they can put another effort out there like we've seen and we've seen it too many times this season already we shouldn't even be talking about this but I mean, it's a big storyline when you when you see it multiple times in another 34-17 loss. And let me also mention real quick again, you know, I don't notice it from the offense I, this entire season. I don't either, yeah. It's, it's just all been on the defense. And so uh, if anybody's listening to this and, and, you, and there's a play that I'm forgetting about or something that they've seen, feel free to tweet me, email me, whatever. Uh, I, I'd like to know. I'd like to go back and watch it. But there's nothing that stands out to me as much as there's just several plays from this year on defense that... I, I just they they can't be happening really at the varsity high school football level, much less at the NFL level. What uh, I was just gonna say, I think also on top of that, like it, it's it's kind of the opposite with the offense, right? Like I mean, we're looking at the Ravens, and you you look at that defensive front and everything. That offensive line overachieved against the Ravens, and and so I feel like they're playing even better than they're supposed to. Whereas the defense is going the opposite way. And, you know, Bob Sturm mentioned this in his uh, morning after column yesterday where he said, look, the offense has the excuses. Their whole offensive line is gone. The quarterback is gone. Everything. The defense is the defense hasn't really suffered any injuries that don't count as like, you know, just your your regular football injuries that are that are, you know, like if Leighton Vander Esch was lost for the season, I think that'd be one or Demarcus Lawrence. But for the most part, those guys have been there. So the defensive effort has been grossly, grossly disappointing. But, you know, I, I'm with John. Like, you can't – and, you know, forget addressing this in December. You should not be addressing this in the NFL, point blank. Like like John said, this is varsity – Yeah. This is varsity high school football uh, coach speak. And so, you know, that's disappointing. And, it, look, it's not a surprise. It's it, – it, you know – it. The, the other thing is Mike McCarthy doesn't really say anything about these things. I, you know, in his press availability today, he wouldn't talk about the run defense specifically because he said that's not what he does. Zeke was the one that mentioned the the meeting that he had about effort and things like that. Um, I'm sure it's happened in the past as well. But look, going back to our post-game podcast, Troy Aikman didn't make any well, – wasn't quiet about it. He mentioned the effort – 
on that same play that John's mentioning about uh, Xavier Woods and things. So this is a this is an issue that is really really unfortunate that it's happening at the NFL, let alone in the December part of an NFL season. No doubt about it. Now Jalen was asked about it too in the uh, in the press conference or in the uh, I guess media availability. Uh, Can't you have that clip of Jalen? Just non. It's non-negotiable. Um, your effort has to be there. Um, it's non-negotiable. And 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 like I said, the, if if the head man says something, um, he's bringing it to men's attention. Um, so it's it's up for us to respond. You know, you go back and evaluate each individual, uh, including myself. You go back, evaluate each play. Um, if there's a play where you could have gave more effort, you know, you got to hold yourself accountable to that. And, and, and that goes for for for, for player. Uh, it goes for all the players on the on on the squad, including myself. And the same for coaches. Coaches, if, if you go back, you got to play. You feel like you can give more effort. Uh, got to give some more effort. It's a re. It's a it's a big reason why we are where we are. And for us, it's just about moving forward in the right direction in preparation for the success that we're going to have in the future. My belief capacity is through the roof. So um, I'm just locked in and. And, and head focused. Uh, KT, where's your belief capacity? No, hold on. Uh, before we get to that, though, real quick, I wanted to mention one uh, wait, thing. Breaking news. Did you know Jalen's belief capacity is through the roof? I don't think that's out there. <laughs> uh, not until I that's heard that. That's the first time so. that, yeah. Um, but no, I wanted to say say something on uh, what Saad mentioned on the defense. There's one player, though, that I've been looking back the last couple of weeks thinking about, and that's Gerald McCoy. And I wonder how much different things would have been if he was there. He's clearly on the back end of his career. His best ball is behind him. But he's a former top five pick, you know, six-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro. I find it hard to believe with how likable he is and how much of a leader that guy is that things would have gotten quite this bad from the effort department. I'm not saying that the defense would have been great, but I wonder how much that factored in and how much that hurt them. I've thought about that the last couple of weeks just because he's one person that maybe could have prevented some of this from happening. And maybe when he went down, it was a bigger loss to what Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan were trying to do than we thought at the time. I'm not saying it's the case. I'm just throwing it out there. I wonder if um, how accountable Jalen's going to hold himself. Because when I think about effort and I think about defense's attitude, I think about you know, linebacker and the leadership, you know, and people like to talk about Jalen's intangibles in that department. You know, maybe that's where they're lacking the most is a vocal leader to, to whip someone's ass back there and to put people back in shape and to, to, you know, give them the attitude that they need. Maybe, maybe Earl Thomas would have done that. Maybe Jamal Adams would have done that. I don't know, but, but somebody at the, on that defense has to look themselves in the eye and step up. But you know what's the key to that, Kent, is it has to be somebody that also makes plays on Sundays. It can't yep. just be somebody that just talks and, and is really loud and, uh, you know, is, is a quote unquote the vocal leader. It has to be a guy that makes plays and, and does things to win games because you can take it to the other side of the ball. Okay, so nobody it, on this team. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, well, I was going to say, like, when <laughs> that you were talking everyone, about. Then. <laughs> well, when you were talking about Joe McCoy, I was I was thinking I mean I hear you and I'm I'm willing to think about it, but isn't that why? And I love this guy personally, so please understand this is not a shot. Isn't that why Tyrone Crawford's back on kind of a kind of a deal that they could have got out of? I mean, Tyrone Crawford back for eight million on a bad hip doesn't seem like a great job of using your cap. 
no offense to Tyrone Crawford, he's not playing like an $8 million player. Um, that's just, and he's been great here, you know, pretty much the whole time he's here. Uh, thought that was a big reason why they were bringing him back because he's so important to the locker room. Yeah. Uh, he and Demarcus Lawrence keeping everyone in check and things like that. Now, look, I, mean, I got no complaints about Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, trust me. I think he's awesome. I think he plays his ass off all the time. I think you can see it when you watch it. But, uh, you know, some of these games, they've gotten behind so much. I'm not, God, now I'm going to make excuses for them. Stop, Kevin. I'm sorry. Go ahead, wow. Todd. Go on. <laughs> well, Go on, Todd. Well, I just want to say, like, you know, you guys brought up Earl Thomas. I'm just saying, like, I understand not going for Jamal Adams because because of the the draft picks that it took to get him. But could Earl Thomas be anywhere? Like, I mean, could he do any more detriment to this defense? And I and, and we don't need to get into this whole Earl Dom, Thomas, you know, conversation for the next five minutes. But I'm just saying, how much how much worse could this defense be from a from a chemistry standpoint, on the field standpoint, playmaking standpoint, if you if you had Earl Thomas? You know what I mean? Oh well, it'd be the financial is what what would hurt them. I mean, they already aren't, don't have any money next year anyway. And from everything I've heard, Earl Thomas wanted pretty solid money. That's why he's not with the team. So uh, that that's a factor in it too. Is that it would just hurt them cap wise, dollar wise, and even Jerry's kind of alluded to that on, on a couple of his radio interviews. That that you know, it's got to be it's got to make it work financially. You know, he never said anything about Earl as the player. Obviously, him as a player that he he, he would he would. Be, He'd be pretty good at, at, at safety on this particular team, no matter how much he's he's dropped off. Uh, just the financial part of it, I don't know how well that would fit. But one thing uh, before we change subjects from defense, I also wanted to add was I just keep looking back. Another thing I keep thinking about when I look back on the, how this season's gone the way it has is, you know, all that talk we heard last, in, in the offseason about how, like, you know, this isn't going to be the way it was before, where it was like, you know, the players have to fit the system, you know, like, no, we're going to we're going to make this so that, you know, we're going to fit our system around our players. And now that we've seen 12 games, a pretty good sample size, three quarters of this season, was it really in your best interest to switch defenses when your best player, the highest paid player in franchise history is a best fit in Demarcus Lawrence as a 4-3 end? Like, why would you ever take him out? That should have been the starting point with him. It should have been, everything should have been built around. And instead, I come away with almost like Mike Nolan was like, no, I mean, Lawrence is talented. He'll be able, but let's also, we're going to work this in because this, this this more multiple three four this helps Alden Smith this is better fit for Alden so I don't know it just like it didn't mesh and for us being told and again we're, we're not football coaches I I know this isn't easy to do but it just seemed like especially with the way this offseason was because of COVID they were better off adjusting and sticking with a four three and then going in this offseason when they had a full offseason and then starting to tweak you could have made some tweaks but then you could have done full full swing into that this year. And the crazy part about that is, is that because you didn't do that, that there's a good chance that's costing some guys their jobs on that defensive side of the ball on the coaching staff. I think I think there's also something there internally that's hard to pinpoint because there's there were problems for the last six weeks last year, right? I mean these are these are things we all talked about. Like something's going on. It's yeah. hard to pinpoint what it is, but something's going on. Um, you know, I, I I don't know, you you know. The, the effort thing is very frustrating. It's it's the thing I can't stand most. You know, like it's the it's the one thing that should never happen in pro sports. Um, quitting. And I'm not saying they quit, but the effort could be better. And it's clear it could be better. And just because you're not winning games. But, you know, I got to be honest. I haven't watched a lot of 3-13 and 13 teams in my, in my lifetime. 
uh, you know, throughout the throughout the whole round. But for the most part, they've been pretty average a lot of the times. And the losses have been because of the quarterback getting hurt. And it's kind of the same thing this year with the quarterback getting hurt, but you can pin everything on the defense this year. You truly can. And that's where you kind of go, okay, the big issues. Like those years where Romo got hurt, you'd go, okay, they're done. With with this year, if you said uh, you would have said they would have won games if Romo was there. This year, even with Dak getting hurt, you're kind of like, I don't know how many games they would have won, even with Dak there. I think some, you know, I don't know if it would have been enough to get the playoffs. I really don't. And that's real frustrating. But I, I, what you're saying about change, I, I, I just think it had to happen. And honestly, if it doesn't get fixed quickly, it's probably going to have to happen again. And this is where it's going to get fun because Jerry, Steven cannot get offended. I mean, I mean, Mike McCarthy cannot get offended when Jerry and Steven come to him and say, your boy's got to go. Sorry. And it's not on Mike Nolan. The player's got to be better. But like, it kind of is on Mike Nolan in the end. Well, the, yeah, and this is the thing. Because to me, I think a lot of people listening to this and people that watch the game would be like, how could a professional athlete, regardless of how bad your team is, ever not have great effort? You know that, I mean, the, there's more film available today than there ever has been before. I mean, the game's over. You can go back and watch the game. Two days later, you can go for 100 bucks a year. You can go watch the All-22. You know, I mean, it's not that yeah. big of an investment if you if you really want to see this stuff. And you, can, and you can have your own takeaways. So to me, there's one of two things that happen for when you have lack of effort. And, and, that's, and, and, and both of those things are based off frustration. And then you're, so why are you frustrated? And it's one of two reasons to me. And that's one. Either there's players on your team, and we're and, and for me, we're sticking on the defensive side of the ball. Let's focus in on that. That's where I'm going with this. There's players in your team that are playing hero ball that's frustrating you because they're not in their in the spot where they're supposed to be and they're trying to make plays. And that's frustrating you because if one guy's out of out of their place, it just screws up everything for everybody. So that's one possibility. The other one is that what you're being coached to do during the week, you know it's not gonna work. You try and convey that to the coaching staff. They don't listen to you. And they call the plays that way. And in the game, you you feel like you're butt, you know banging your head against the wall because what's being called and where you're being put, you know is not being put in the position to have success. But you're doing it anyway because this is what you're being told to do. You know, and 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 KT, I think you can you can attest to this because of some of the stuff that when Green Bay started falling apart with McCarthy was that you know there was talk of how. There would be ways that the plays would be called and there would be receivers that were like, I know I'm supposed to run it this way, but Aaron wants me to run it this way because, and he's saying in, in, in the huddle, run it this way, but the coaches don't know that. And so then we get out of the huddle and we run the play and I'm running a different route and, and Aaron doesn't throw me the ball, but then I got to go to the sidelines and the coaches are like, what are you doing? And then you're sitting there like, do I blame Aaron Rodgers? Like, and then you're in an awkward position, especially when you're a younger receiver not naming anybody, Equinamus St. Brown, but you know what I'm saying? Here's like, one. Yeah, no, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it's it's one of those things where I can see where guys could get frustrated because you do put so much time in this and then you're just getting frustrated because of the fact that, like, you know that what you're being told to do is not going to work. Can I just, I, I'm sorry, Sada, can I just, like, bring this to real life real quick? Because I've been in this situation. Uh, working at a radio station a few years ago, we were at the Super Bowl, Radio Row, um, and I've got the boss on the phone calling me and he's asking me cause he can see another radio station in the webcam. He was watching from the station and he wants me to have this former athlete. I'll tell you what it was, it was Chad Brown, former linebacker for the Steelers and Seahawks. <laughs> Don't really want to do an interview with him. 
So he's like, you need to have him on. And Ben and Skinner are like, I don't want to have him on. Like, why would we have Chad Brown on? We're in no Dallas. offense, Chad, like, if you're listening. Well, yeah, no, but why? What'd you have him on? We're in Dallas. Well, Dallas fans want to hear what Chad Brown's up to on Radio Row Week when they've already heard a million <laughs> interviews of ex-athletes. So, like, I'm on the phone dealing in New York City in Radio Music Hall, right? In New York City, okay, my first Super Bowl Radio Row and I'm dealing with the boss saying, get Chad Brown on. And I've got Ben and Skin going, why would we have – and I'm having to, you know, make that work. So, And that was so frustrating. It was so GD frustrating. But how was your effort? So I, my effort was incredible. <laughs> um, but, like, that, that was – that was the worst. So I get being frustrated. Um, we'll just make you go, who cares then? Fine. Oh, why? Why? What does it matter? And you know, I, I kind of get it, but I also, you know, definitely wasn't making near the amount that these guys are making. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I, that, was, I, that was maybe way off the rails. But when he said that, I just had the vivid flashback. To, I, so I understand, but I, I don't support you it. You think we'll start hearing a lot more after the season? <laughs> no, because to be honest with you, um, mm. it's possible, obviously, from anonymous sources, yeah. but I don't know if guys that are still on the roster would be saying anything. Potentially, I'll say this. What was interesting was when Matt Patricia got let go, there were some players that were no longer on the Lions tweeting stuff about it. Like, just little digs, like nothing like real, yeah. you know, flagrant. I think you could potentially see some some things like that. But you one heard of the, on a podcast. Right, right. But one of the things, like, just the access really isn't there, you know. Uh, you know, there'll be guys, that, like I said, I, th- I could see some stuff anonymously coming out. I just don't know if there'll be anybody that goes on the record. Well, someone's going to have to scapegoat this thing because, you know, I'll, I'll say this, and I, whatever. Accountability is a problem on this team. It is a problem. Both defensively, the head coach has no accountability. Yeah, but this is he, how you fix it, KT. You just go out He's and never, you just go get Marvin Lewis to be the defensive coordinator. What do you think about that? He, you know, I don't care. Just you know, you need any better players. It ain't gonna matter who the coach is. You just, no, like, just rolled that into existence, John. I hope you know that. <laughs> just want to throw that out there. No, but KT, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I completely I meant to mention that and then I forgot because John mentioned that the whole thing that the whole theme of you know the availabilities was uh, effort and accountability. Mike McCarthy was the most unaccountable person after the game. I mean, the, it would have been so easy for him to take accountability for that t- for for that non timeout that he should have called. I mean, that's just that's just like really basic stuff. So the fact that accountability is an issue and it starts with the head coach that's that's pretty frustrating right there. Have we at all? I mean, I, I just and you don't even have to mean it. Like there are times, like after a game, where Rick Carlisle will be like, you know, and it starts with me. We didn't rebound well enough, and that's on me. Like he'll do that a lot. And sometimes it's so much where you're like, come on, Rick. Like you don't have to take the blame for this one. It's clear. Yeah. Wait, wait, when when does this happen, though, KT? How? Give me a year. How? How recent? Every year since all the time since he's been here. Okay, because I'll say this. When you win a championship like he did, you can take a lot more heat because you're not worried about your job. And I think he feels very confident in his relationship with Mark Cuban. If he didn't, I mean, 
he's really living an outlier's life if you look across the rest of the NBA in terms of long-term yeah. longevity with, with a head coach. And, and I mean, I don't know why anybody would want to be an NBA head coach. And I mean, obviously the money's good, don't get me wrong, but like it's it's hard to keep longevity there. But with pop. but yeah. with with Mike here, he yeah, he's but, obviously seeing what's being said about him. He's obviously yeah, I mean, he's obviously he's obviously sensitive to that he knows that this is this has been a huge disaster. He sees what Washington's doing, he sees what New York's doing, he hears his owner saying that. No, that's a good. That's a fair comparison to make to those. So he's gonna uh-huh. he's gonna do things that like he's not gonna put out there. Yeah, that was on me. I don't know what I'm doing. I should have called the timeout because he knows how fast that thing's gonna be taking in another direction. He's very aware of this. I think that's a misconception that some people think that like he's this guy that doesn't pay attention to what's being said and doesn't know what's does. going on. Stop, stop. He knows everything. You want to get real? Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you guys. I'll give you guys some behind the scenes insight. You want to know why he dropped accountable 12, 13 times? It's because Michael Gelkin wrote about him not having accountability after that thing, and he saw that, and that's why he was going to go out of his way and drop that thing. A good. I don't, I don't remember. Jory Epstein kept it counted up. It was like twelve or thirteen times that he said account accountable or accountability in there. That is by design, folks. That doesn't just accidentally happen. Yeah, and by the way, I, I agree with that completely. And also, if you want more proof that he reads everything, I mean, I, again, it's just a conspiracy theory, but we've talked about the whole watermelon thing before as well. He definitely reads and sees what's being put out there. And on top of uh, r- real quick, just the last point I want to make on this, um, the Carlisle thing, there's two reasons why Carlisle is able to do that. John, I agree that Carlisle has a championship, so he has that leeway. But Carlisle is also just – just a really, really good coach. And everyone knows that like Carlisle could not win a championship or whatever. We know he's a good coach year in, year out. It's been 10 years since he won a title and he's still a really good coach. I I mean, there's a lot of people, including a lot of people on this podcast that say that McCarthy rode Rogers to a championship, not the (laughs) fact that McCarthy won the championship. So I think that's one thing. That's why, wink, wink. I would not put McCarthy and Carlisle in the same uh, in the same in the same sentence ever. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. I'm glad you said that because I think that's important. I'm now searching NFL Super Bowl head coaches. Uh, would you say that these coaches in recent history are a quote unquote good coach? Andy Reid. Yes. Yes. Bill Belichick. Yes. <laughs> He's pretty good. <laughs> Doug Peterson. No. See, I'm kind of on the, I'm on the no train on Peterson. I think he wrote Andy Reid to that job and Frank Reich. I was going to say, I, you got to uh, bring Frank Reich in there too. Gary Kubiak, hey, he's a good coordinator. You know, I would put uh, Peterson you know, in there but, where like man. they're both solid, but. Yeah, outlier. Hey, hey again, because I bring this up all the time uh, on, on, this, on this show and, and people are probably nauseated by it, but when you have a dumpster fire organization like the Lions that uses your barometer, I use that as my barometer for every every NFL decision uh-huh. I make, and that and that's the, that's how I judge these coaches. Would that guy win with the Lions? Doug Peterson? No. Gary Kubiak? No. You need an Andy Reid. You need a Bill Belichick. Please continue. You also use that barometer for, at every restaurant you go to, and when you're uh, <laughs> when you're buying a car. Yeah, test drive. This car kind of sucks, man. Uh, but Sod, I'm used hey, Sod won't, won't like this. Sod <laughs> won't like this. But I don't care. We're already off the tracks. Here we go. That's why Sad that I favor Belichick over Brady because I don't think Tom Brady turns oh. turns around the culture with the Detroit Lions like Bill Belichick could. I really don't. No, I think that's fair. I mean, I think it's a you know the the culture part 
is, is fair. That that tone is set from the very top, you know. It, but I think you know, to me, it's more of would you? And, and this is this is way off topic. I'm trying to I'm trying to not go too off topic. Nah, but no, you're no, fine. We're, we're it's, fine. The, it's Bengals go, week. Go. Who cares? <laughs> no, but I, but I do think that also you know if you have a like Bruce Arians was a great coach. But I think you also have to have someone that that's compatible with that. Like Belichick couldn't do what he did with a hard-headed quarterback because it just wouldn't work. Like Tom Brady took Tom Brady took a lot of crap in a lot of meetings while he was already a Hall of Famer, and not everyone does that. So I think you know I think with them it's more of a perfect match. But I mean, just look at just look at uh just look at Bill Belichick. You know, before Brady. And you can also look at Belichick. Now I know all the COVID stuff really screws them over, but they are literally down 17 to three right now to the Los Angeles Rams. As we record this with Cam Newton, at quarterback who was supposed to be at least half decent, uh, you know, yeah, that- for a million dollars a year and all those guys that set out COVID. <laughs> I mean, they're playing with a JV roster. Let's not say it. And I will take this. This is, these are my comparisons. Give me Bill Belichick with Matthew Stafford in Detroit over giving me in Detroit. Oh, I don't know. Matt Patricia with Tom Brady, Rod Marinelli with Tom Brady, Steve Mariucci with Tom Brady, uh, Marty Morningwig with Tom Brady. Uh, who am I forgetting here? Jim Caldwell. Uh, <laughs> Jim Caldwell is probably be, would be the best one out of all of them, to be honest with you. And none of those guys yeah. are sniffing a Super Bowl. Yeah. Look, so go on. You, there was more coaches well, you were going to name. Well, no, you know, Pete Carroll and Jim Harbaugh, yeah. I mean, Joe, uh, J- John Harbaugh. I'm, I'm and, down with both of them. And Bill Cower and, you know, Tony Dungy and, you know, like Higgin. You know, Mike McCarthy's in that boat. The, the need, I, th- I think, I, th- I thought it was more clear to everyone, and I'm still proven wrong because every single day I tweet anything about Mike McCarthy in my Twitter timeline. Yeah, I get people calling me haters or whatever. I just don't understand what there is to defend. Like, Whatever you think, it shouldn't be as bad as it is now. He's got a million excuses. I'm not saying he should be fired. What I am saying is he should have never had the job in the first place. That's what I'm saying. Does and it impact you at all that he had the whole for, year off? Yeah. Uh, where is he better, though? Like, where has he helped the team? Yeah. I don't know. The same issues in Green Bay. It all came out. How did he help that bad defense? He didn't. He's an offensive coach. They never did enough to help fix that defense, whatever it may be. The thing I keep going back to on the positives is that he's very aggressive on offense. And there's a lot of people that wanted to see that because that's so anti-Jason Garrett. So I can't sit here and say that there aren't any positives. I, I think if you have that offensive line healthy and you have Dak healthy, you would have seen more of that. You would have been able to appreciate that a little more. With that being said... I still see those games being like 35-31, 31-28, 28-27. going to be like, man, this offense is killing it. 45-17, just blowing teams out. Like that, It wasn't going to do that. They were still going to be close games. We saw the beginning of it early on in the season. But for Mike McCarthy, he would have looked a lot better if he would have had those, those, posi- those pieces in place at least. Yeah, but he's a head coach, right? True. Head coach, True. do it all. Yeah, no, I really don't have problems with the offense, given everything they've been through. I really don't. Head coach, though. And that's where I have bigger issues, because it's not like he's calling the plays, you know? Like, like, uh, like whatever, some guy's like, head, okay, Cliff Kingsbury's head coach. He's the head coach because uh, for he's calling plays and making the offense wild. And they got Vance Joseph in there to run the defense. 
It's the same thing with McVay. They got Wade Phillips to run the defense. You know, Mike Nolan, his last defensive coordinator job was in 2014, and he had the worst defense in the league. Like, I'm not saying Mike Nolan's a bad coach. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying maybe we could do better. You are America's team, right? You are the most valuable franchise in sports. I say it every – it feels like I say it every damn yeah, week. Yeah, but why are you just saying that about Mike McCarthy? If, if you're saying that, then, I know then why did you say – you, you should say that every single year other than when they got Parcells and then obviously when Jimmy Johnson was there. I mean, I'm, you could have said that I'm about confident. every coach. That, I mean, they've had a lot of coaches that you've been like, man, that guy that guy should be the Lions coach, not not the Cowboys head coach. I, was, I said it about Garrett forever, you know. Yeah, keep going back. Uh, well, Garrett was here so long that I wasn't in DFW media until, like, I don't know, I wasn't even here for the Parcells years. Like, he was here forever. I, I just, and I, I, if you went through all my old tweets, and I keep them all up because I don't believe in de- deleting your tweets, I think it's cowardly. You know, I think if you get some bad stuff out there. if you say something really impro- inappropriate, like really take a shot at somebody's you character. You could be canceled. Oh. Yeah. But I guarantee you'll want find KT me. don't KT canceled. I guarantee you'll find me bitching about McCarthy since 2009. Like it's it's all in there. Like I'm sure you can find it. You're such like, a I hater. Just don't. But I'm not, who who's <laughs> defending that? Like I, I just don't understand this, who can defend at, it. At this point, what if you're still defending? defending, if you're still defending him, I think I think you're getting a cut. I don't know. Like I think you're on I the inside. I just don't understand. I, I know, I think, right? I think you're a plant. I'm sorry. Like this just yeah, doesn't you're Tom add up. Yeah, Tom <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hold on though. Three and nine though. They still have a chance, and McCarthy brought the watermelons this week. I mean, come on. Dude, I, I don't want to – yeah, go ahead, son. No, just just a, a stat or a number that really was – that I found damning, and I tweeted this earlier today, was just that Rangers season that we just went through was so brutal. That Texas Rangers season was so brutal. Yeah. Their win percentage was like 367 or something. The Cowboys' win percentage is twenty five percent. They are they are so much worse than what the Rangers' win percentage was, and I couldn't even watch baseball anymore. That's nuts. Yeah. No, like, that's that's, that's uh, an interesting point for sure, especially because we're coming on the heels of whatever it was two days ago when we, before recording this, or actually it was yesterday. I mean, you want to talk about the biggest blow dealt to Jerry Jones this season? is them losing that week 15 primetime game and that thing getting bumped to noon. He is Dude. probably irate. Seeing Cowboys and 49ers <laughs> get moved was so shocking. I know. Because those are, those are you know, you know really big-time landmark franchises for this league. And seeing them get flexed out for a game that involves the Giants. You know, that's for a game that involves Jason Garrett. Is that what they got? Yeah, yeah, and the Browns, and the Browns. Oh my God, it's all—it's all just so shocking. And um, you know what? This is one thing where I, I, we've all done it a lot in our just uh, casual conversations. Hey, man, twenty twenty. Hey, hey, pandemic. No, it's way, way deeper than that. Now uh-uh. it is so much more than just going. 2020, man. No, it's so much worse than that. Hey, let me add in here real quick on this on this game getting flexed out because I thought this was interesting. Literally nobody else listening to this might think this is interesting, but I was kind of surprised by this answer. I know, Saad, you said that you were listening in the press conference yesterday with Mike McCarthy. 
What about when he was asked about it? And he said, this is what he said when he was asked about that game being flexed out. I thought for sure he was going to blow it off. Like, yeah, okay, well, we got to still play the game or whatever. He goes, number one, I think it's a reflection of where we are right now as a football team. I mean, these are the types of things that I guess happen when you're not successful. We're disappointed. Make no bones about it. Like, I'm just like, and then he said some other stuff about, like, that's all part of focus moving forward. We're preparing for Cincinnati, but still, like, I don't yeah, know, like, he addressed was, it more than I thought he would. That's not a Jason Garrett answer. Jason Garrett yeah. would have been like, I don't, I didn't even know what time it was. We're going to show right. up. We're going to, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. it was on the moon. Yeah, I don't know if it's in the parking lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stars, whatever. And him, yeah, and him being different than Jason, totally okay with that. I, no, I, truly I mean, mean yeah, that's not a bad thing. It's just, like, we're not used to that at all. <laughs> Somebody actually... I think you wanted somebody in the middle is what you're saying, KT. I think they went from one extreme to the other. (laughs) I didn't think that it would be this obvious that his pitfalls as a, as a, as a head coach, the things that truly annoyed me as a Packers fan on the field, it was game management and as a play caller, his scheme dried up and that was very annoying but I thought his game management was bad and his overall control of the sideline and all that stuff. You know, there's always a lot of chaos, a lot of 12 men on the field type stuff. It's very frustrating. But off the field, the audacity to question him about anything was like, okay, well, dude, you're paid to do interviews. So, like, you're going to have to answer questions. I thought, I think just, he's been good at that, I mean, though. He, bows, he's, he hasn't he, backed away from anything from this year. I, I'm no, only going I'm off this. he bows yeah. up sometimes. Yeah. Like no, he, he does. He sometimes. does. But this year, he hasn't backed away from answering and, any questions. He's been asked tough questions, and he hasn't he hasn't backed away from it. And and I'm telling you, KT, the other thing that I keep going back to is just, you know, we don't get to watch a lot of these practices during the season, but I've, I've seen enough, and, and there's only a handful of us that are that are going to all these anymore. There's a lot of people that aren't going out there because you can do everything, you know, the the, inter, the calls and everything by Zoom. But, like, yeah. going back to the start of training camp all the way till now, I'm just telling you, man, like, this. I'm not saying this leads to wins and losses. I'm not saying that this means anything, but I'm telling you. There is zero juice in these practices. They're just like, you're like, what am I watching? Like, this is just looks like this is just some kind of a, I don't know. It, it just, it doesn't look like you would expect a, a pro football practice to look. It just seems like there's just a lot of standing around. You know, I, I don't know. It just, it, let, just the way the season's gone, it's not really surprising to me off, off of like things that we've seen. Let's just put it to you that way from behind the scenes. Like it just, and- it hasn't surprised me that, now, maybe only having three wins, and maybe I didn't think it'd be quite this bad, but early on, man, I just, I, don't, I had my doubts that this was going to be the year that they finally went to the next level and built on what they've done in previous years, yeah. like what was being told to us by Jerry Jones that they were trying to do when they hired Mike McCarthy. Yeah, and I think that that probably, the practice thing, is probably the one thing that, that could come out from players later on. You know, the guys that played... With not under Jason Garrett, but under multiple coaches, uh, I think you know we were. Uh, I think Kent asked you know earlier in the podcast, like you know, is stuff going to come out after the season? I think th- that's the kind of stuff that, like you know, because when when guys get asked that question, they'll they have to be honest and they that like they have to be truthful. And even when they're not trying to bash someone, it just comes across like that. Like you know, when when yeah. whenever we ask, like, what's the difference between McCarthy and Garrett? They'll just be like, oh, well, you know, McCarthy's more aggressive or whatever. Then you're by that, you're telling us that Jason Garrett was not aggressive to your liking. So I think, anyways, that's the kind of thing that I think we'll 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 see uh come out later on. Yeah, it'll come out. 
I think it'll come out in a casual podcast, you know, yep, or something like that. And it's some, it'll just be something you hear that all the time. And who knows if you can believe them, you know, as well. But the issues are there. Uh, it would be highly unaccountable of me if a we didn't do our picks real quick, and b I didn't update you on the poll that I posted at the yes. beginning of the podcast. Um, do you want the Cowboys to win Sunday? Yes, no, or don't care. Through three hundred, I'm sorry, three thousand two hundred and ten votes. Yes is 12%. Uh, don't care is 24%. 64% of Cowboys fans that posted on this poll do not want them to win. Small sample size. Uh, so just follow at KT Fun Tweets. That poll will be up for another 23 hours. Um, let's get our picks in. We all uh, picked Baltimore to win last week, so we all won. Um, Kent still has the rec- has the lead with uh, – wow, look at Kent. Look, he's cr- crushing it right here. Kent's – Nine and two this year. Wow, gets nine and two. Um, looks like John is uh, eight and three. Kent's nine and two. I'm eight and three. The guests are eight and three as well. All right. So, Sod, we'll start with you. Who do you got winning? Cowboys or Bengals? <laughs> this is a tough one this week. <laughs> Man, I, I, and you know we didn't get to talk about this. I, I wanted to ask you guys this question. So I guess you know when you guys are making a pick, uh, I, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on this. I'm, I'm, I'm picking the Cowboys and, you know, I'm picking oh. the Cowboys to win 24, 24 to 10. All right. But I, I, I do wonder what y'all's is on this. And cause I'm pretty sure both of you guys are picking Cowboys as well. Would you still pick the Cowboys if Joe Burrow was quarterback? No. You pick the Bengals if Joe Burrow was quarterback? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I would pick, I, I, I would pick the I would pick the Bengals if Joe Burrow was quarterback. I'd pick the Bengals if Andy Dalton was their quarterback. I'd pick the Bengals if uh, Jameis Winston was their quarterback. Um, I picked the Bengals if Taysom Hill was their quarterback. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think I think they're pretty much packed it in this, this, for the rest of the season. I think. I think they got a they got Penny Sewell on their on their on their mind, and uh, they need to protect Joe Burrow. I agree. I'm going with the I'm going with the Cowboys too, though, just because of that. I don't I don't think that the Bengals have much to play for. I'll go uh, Cowboys twenty one, Bengals seventeen. Oh, Kent. Yeah, be yeah the this, is a, uh, this is a tough one. You're right. It's probably the toughest one to pick since the the first Washington football team matchup that one was tough and i came out i'm losing it of that one i'm taking dallas as well i think andy dalton gets it done i think the offense does enough to do it for him but i think they slightly edge them out i'm i'm predicting a, a late greg zerline kick oh. to win this one to redeem himself for last week i'm going 17 14 cowboys kent loves oh his kickers God. Redemption. Yeah, there's always Redemption. one game a year where a kicker will win you a game, and we kind of already saw it with the watermelon. But I think Zerline's gonna gonna come out with a flame under his butt after after last week. Hopefully, he does. Hey, that was the moment. I, that honestly, and I know that there were plenty, but that's the moment that frustrated me the most in that game the other night was that they did the watermelon kick again. <laughs> yeah. Why would you think that would work again? Literally, you were almost like national news when that thing worked the first time. Everybody knows that you tried it, and he literally didn't have the tee out there again, had the ball sitting the same way. I was like, when I watched that before he kicked I was like, well, there's no way he's going to do that watermelon thing again. <laughs> no, that's exactly what he did again. There it is, and they were like, okay, yeah, that's not going to go 10 yards. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Kugler, 
Kevin Kugler and Chris Spillman are your announcers this week. So just, uh, you know, usually, usually you get the A team or the B team. I just wanted you guys to know that Good Lord. it's a Kevin Kugler, Chris Spillman game. Let's go. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's get it. Let's go into the jungle and take one. Come on, Hey, man. by the way, I, they, they probably, the Cowboys, it's a good thing they get slid down the broadcasting lineup because I don't think, I, I don't think they could handle another Troy Aikman broadcast, by the way. I love yeah. it. Yo, no, I, I, yeah, I think that would be. I mean, dude, he was so about to go gloves off. I mean, he was about to rip off the gloves. Uh, the Giants have Arizona. Uh, Washington has uh, San Francisco. So there's a couple of games you might want to keep uh, keep your eyes on uh, for the box scores and the standings. Just uh, there you go in the in these just to make sure. Um, Hey, keep following The Athletic. A lot of great things are happening. Sod covering the Stars full-time now as the Stars beat reporter. Uh, John's got a piece up today, actually, about the Cowboys' investments in defensive tackle and safety over the years. Yeah, that's it's a lot great. of investing. Hey, um, where's your pick? Oh, yeah. Uh, Cowboys 27-20. Okay. Yeah. They're going to give up 20 points, of course. And you, would, um, and you would be picking the Bengals if they had Joe Burrow? Yeah. What if they had Andy Dalton? Absolutely. Uh, so it'd be like an Andy versus Andy, Andy yes. game. Yes. <laughs> I think it would be a tie. All right. What if what if their quarterback was AJ McCarron? Oh, uh, see, no, I, I think Cow- I'd go with the yeah, Cowboys. No. Yeah, I think yeah, then I'd Cowboys, go with the Cowboys. Who is the, who terrible. is playing for them? Finley? Hey, what if it was? Yeah, I think Ryan so. Finley. Gotcha. What if it was Boomer Esiason, but today? <laughs> no. Carson Palmer no. today. Oh, I probably oh would no. go Bengals. Carson uh, Palmer yeah, Carson, today. My, Carson may still have it. Yeah. yeah, they can't protect him though. That's yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. All right, all right. His poor enough Kent hypotheticals for one week. We this wasn't planned. We'll get we'll get back <laughs> into that talk. We have plenty of time for that. All right, and before we wrap it up, Kent, just give me your mailing address. I got a gift for you. I need to send in the mail. Okay. Oh, wait, that's that's more off air. Okay. Uh, Cowboys Bengals, we'll talk to you on Sunday night, Monday morning, whenever you download it or whatever, because we will be recapping Cowboys Bengals. We'll review it snap by snap. Um, for John Bushota, for Saad Youssef, for our producer, Kent Garrison, I'm Kevin KT Turner. This has been an edition of About Them Cowboys for you. Cowboys Bengals, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Y'all stay corona free, all right? And God bless.